Well, good morning, church. My name is Grant Wright, the Outreach and Missions Minister here, and it is an honor and privilege to be speaking with you. This isn't just a normal Sunday. As we look around, we're reminded this is our annual Mission Sunday. This is a Sunday we get to celebrate what the Lord has done in and through the First Colony Church of Christ in our international mission work as we take our faith out to the nations and down through the generations. So let's have some fun this morning as we get to celebrate what the Lord has done. We have been in a fantastic series the last couple of months called Pass It On. And Ronnie and Corey have been teaching through this. Their theme verse comes out of 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2. And so let's start off by reading the word of the Lord here this morning. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. As I hear this scripture, it makes me think about our church and our mission work. We have a legacy of passing on our faith to our kids, this community, and yes, our international mission points. Let me show you a picture of my family. This is my beautiful bride of 16 years, Laura, little James Jr. doing his thing, and all my amazing girls, Eden, Isabel, Abigail, and precious little baby Rosalind. As I look at this picture, it reminds me of where mission starts. Mission starts at home. Mission starts with the people that God has put around us. Mission starts in a very personal way when we commit to serving Jesus and obeying him as the Lord of our lives. Mission starts when we serve our local church and love our local community. Church, it's from this place. It's from this place that we have this life-changing faith that's raised up. And that's what we take to go impact the globe. And so before we start thinking globally and going all over the world and hearing about amazing things and big stories and big events, I want us to step back, start small, start personal. I want you to ask these questions. What is the Lord calling you to do? What is your role going to be in our international mission work this year? Let's spend some time. As, as we're talking and we're telling stories, listen to the Lord. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What is that tug? What is it going to look like for you and your family to be on mission this year? All right, let's think as we pray, give, go. What's the Lord asking? All right, two big things that I want us to make sure we cover during our time. The first one is I want you to hear about First Colony's strategic mission approach as we pass on our faith to the nations. Second, I want you guys to hear specific stories about how God is using First Colony to pass that leadership baton on to individuals, families, and churches across the globe in our mission points. Sound good? We ready? All right, let's dive in. Let's start with First Colony's mission vision. It is to engage specific geographic areas with First Colony's 12 missional approaches as we partner with God in his mission to seek and to save the lost, comes out of Luke 19, and to see every tribe, tongue, 
people and language standing before the throne of the Lamb. That beautiful picture painted for us in Revelation 7-9. All right, church, as we get going here, I want you to hear one thing that is truly a beautiful, unique thing about First Colony Missions. And it is our lasting commitment that we take to the mission field. When God calls us to a people group and to a place, we get behind our missionaries. Okay, we don't just kiss them goodbye. We get behind them. We give them prayer support. We give them encouragement. We give them the financial backing and resources they need to succeed. And then after that, they take that leadership baton, give that to the indigenous people group, and we don't just step out and kiss them goodbye either. We wrap our loving arms around them and we give them the prayer support and the encouragement and the resources they need to be sustainable and successful in their mission. And so what's really special about this morning is we get to hear about places we know, people we know, ministries we know, because we commit to these places and have a lasting legacy. In Uganda, we've been there 25 years. Honduras and Haiti, about 20 years. Colombia, seven years. Nepal, six years. This is a beautiful thing that we take as a part of our missions. And I want, to hear, I want you guys to be able to hear that impact. We've got a great video this morning that we're going to show. So let's turn our attention to the screens and hear some of these stories. First Colony Church of Christ is committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ around the globe. In our 38-year history, we have started 26 churches. During this time, our missionaries and mission teams have shared the gospel with thousands around the world. They have reached the unreached and baptized in the name of Jesus. Indigenous leaders have taken ownership of the Lord's call to seek and save the lost. Houses have become places of worship where seekers and believers can deepen their faith. God is on the move, and First Colony is fueling the fire. Over the last six years, we have seen 3,731 new baptized believers, 220 new groups started, four churches started, 484 girls rescued from human trafficking, 1,331,000 meals served, 4,300 Bibles distributed, 31 pastors receiving higher education, 1,600 church leaders trained, two medical clinics started, 1,570 children receiving Christian education. Our goal is to have the ministry needs of our mission partners sustained entirely by local resources. In 2024, we will see this played out in different ways at each of our mission points. In Nepal, we will help 10 girls rescued out of human trafficking start businesses to create income and keep them out of trafficking situations in the future. In Colombia, we will support their mission to plant five more churches all around the city of Cúcuta. 
In Haiti, we invest in teacher and principal training, ensuring 3,000 children receive a Christian education with a qualified, well-equipped staff. In Honduras, we are investing in the next generation of community leaders as we provide school scholarships to the refuge for orphaned children and teens. In Uganda, it will be a 26-year capstone event as we complete our sustainability plan by building two more stories onto the current two-story church building. This will generate additional rental income to fund the 17 Church and Coley Mission Ministry, making this mission effort 100% Ugandan-led and using only Ugandan resources. With your continued partnership and support of our 2024 international mission work, we expect to start new churches, baptize the unreached, and train indigenous leaders. Soon, we will see our five targeted mission points with biblically healthy multiplying churches, redeeming lives, and transforming communities. Thank you, church. Thank you. I mean, this is a beautiful thing of what it looks like when First Colony goes on mission. And as we go, what that looks like is we take a holistic mission approach to the field. And he saw it in the video. What that means is we take care of the physical needs as well as the spiritual needs of the people that are in that place. And I love what Corey said yesterday or last Sunday as he talked about Jesus and his ministry as he went out. He said, Jesus met the physical needs of people all around him. And that opened the doors for him to meet the spiritual needs. And church, that's exactly what we do. As we go, we love these people. We help the physical as well as the spiritual needs. Yeah, sure. Give, give a clap for that. Take care of the whole person. Well, let's take a minute. Let's talk through our strategic approach, those 12 missional elements. And of course, we all want to hear some stories from the field. So let's do it. Let's start with those, the physical needs. So as we go, we call this our mercy ministries. This is made up of three key things, feeding the poor and agricultural assistance, health care, and then also helping the orphan, the widow, and the disenfranchised in that mission point. So let's start with feeding the poor. This is um, a story and a place that's near and dear to our hearts down in Tomaso, Haiti, where we have served for many years. We've got a church down there that we support. We also have a school, 600 kiddos that we support down there, and just a beautiful ministry as we help and serve these folks. So with these kiddos, I want you to see this picture. There's a couple things that I see that, that uh, jump out to me. One, these kids are being discipled. Somebody's teaching them how to pray. And I love that because they know where those meals are coming from. They're, they're praying to their heavenly father. And as they do, they say that prayer. Our father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And that prayer down in Thomas O'Haiti sounds a little bit different. Because this is the one meal that they get each day is when they come to the school. So the other piece of this story is I look at that picture and I love is they're praying to Jesus for that one meal. The first colony church of Christ gets to be the answer to that prayer. The Lord has put it on our hearts to step up 
and to give and to provide and to be the answer to that prayer for those 600 kiddos on a daily basis as they go through the year. So guys, as we go, not only is it the food and the water, but also the medical clinic and the health the care that's needed in that place. I had the privilege of sitting up here on stage just a couple years ago with Relit Relaju, and at the close of our service, we said, what would be one thing that would be the biggest impact to you and your community? Without hesitation, he talked about the medical clinic, the need of that, because their one doctor had left because of the chaos that had come into the town. We've been talking the last couple years about ever since the uh, president was assassinated down there, the gangs have taken over, and it is just literally chaos down there with the gangs running the country. So after service, I'm standing out in the lobby greeting folks, and somebody comes up and says, hey, how much is it going to cost to make sure they have all the medical supplies they need? Well, it's going to be about $5,000. Let me get you a check. I'm like, yes, all right. I'm standing there about 10 minutes later in the lobby. Somebody comes up. How much is it going to be for the nurse and the doctor to be able to come out there on a weekly basis? It's about $7,500. Hey, expect a check in the mail next week. Yes, all right. I mean, in 10 minutes, we just started a brand-new medical clinic down in Tomaso, Haiti. Absolutely. And now this is the second year we've been able to support them. In our second year, we helped a 1,000 kids in Tomaso, Haiti. One was a little girl. She's shopping in the market with her mother, and she gets shot in the leg as the gangs come through raiding the market. There's no medical presence other than our medical clinic at the Tomaso Church and School. She gets taken up there. Our nurse is able to treat her, stabilize her, and she is fully recovered. There's another little boy. His name's Watson. He's in our school, and the church see, or the, the nurse sees him, and his legs have swollen up. She takes him in, runs some tests, finds out that his kidneys are failing, and this is a life-threatening issue. They rush him to the hospital. He's in there for a month receiving treatment, and now Watson is out running with the kids. He's playing soccer. And he's living his best little youth life. And just praise the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. This is two stories out of a thousand kids that we're able to help down in Tomaso. So church, thank you guys. Thank you for showing up, helping with food, water, and that medical clinic. All right, let's talk a little bit about the orphan, widow, and disenfranchised uh, part of the physical care. So this looks a little bit different in all of our geographic mission points. We take time to see what's going on in that place and take care of the person that needs the most help. So for this story, we're going to go hang out in Nepal for a minute. In Nepal, there are some great things happening. I mean, this is a place where Christianity is only about 3%, and so we support seven missionaries that are taking the gospel out. They're sharing it, and it's this beautiful thing. You know, Corey talked about this a couple weeks ago with Nabin. He's out there sharing the gospel, making disciples, doing trainings and leadership trainings, and what we're seeing is house churches that are planting house churches that are planting house churches, and it's a beautiful spread of the gospel. But the one part about Nepal that is horrific and just has a dark cloud over it, is human trafficking. It's the way that women are seen and treated and what's happening in human trafficking. So we've partnered with a great organization called Our Daughters International to eliminate human trafficking in that southeast corner of Nepal. And so what does that look like? Well, that looks like us supporting a border station there. 
We support a safe house. We do prevention efforts. We help with vocational training, giving these girls skills so that they don't get caught in these traffic situations. We help them start businesses. Last year, I was able to talk to you about some girls that were coming out of the center, and we needed to start some extra businesses. And I asked you guys to give extra so we could do it. And praise the Lord, we were able to start five businesses helping out these seven girls this past year. And this makes a tremendous difference in their lives. It helps get, get them out of abusive situations sometimes. It helps them get back sometimes in their home, helps them get their feet on the ground where they are not having to be in a trafficking situation. Church, we've got 10 girls right now that are in the vocational training center. And so we're looking to start 10 more businesses this upcoming year, go, having those 10 girls pair up and go work in those businesses together. This is a really exciting way that is sustaining for them and these girls. Quick question, I want to show, show a hands. Who saw the movie Sound of Freedom this, this summer? It just came out. Quite a few folks. This was a fantastic movie that was based on a true story set in Colombia and focused on human trafficking. And a lot of, I mean, this was like almost a movement that kind of rushed over North America as people watched this and saw this real story happening. And it just lit this fire in North America of we've got to do something. What is our response? We, we need to get in and help out in this horrible situations of what's happening to these kids. First Colony Church, I want you to hear this morning. If you're a part of this church and you're a part of giving to First Colony Missions, you're making a difference. You're making a difference and we are on the front lines of what is happening out in the human trafficking. And literally what we do out there. In Thomas, sorry, in, in Nepal is helping our borders here. It actually even helps our streets out here on Bissonette Street. Let me tell you a story of one life changed. Her name is Saru. Saru is headed towards the border with a man. When our Bharatnagar border station team stopped to ask them a few questions. After questioning intensified, Saru admitted that she and the man had developed a plan to lie to our team. She agreed to go to our emergency transit home where she told us that she met this man, whose name was Muhammad, through social media while playing an online video game. She believed she was in love with him. She agreed to go to India, get a job, save up some money, and get married. Saru also shared with us that Muhammad had visited her several times in Nepal and had engaged in physical relations with her. He promised to marry her. But upon further questioning, Muhammad admitted he had no intention of marrying Saru. He was only using her. Saru's mother was called, and she came and took her home. Saru said to our staff, Thank you for saving me from being treated like a commodity, something just to be used and thrown away afterwards. Church, we're on the front lines. We are helping and we are making a difference. This is the story of one girl out of 484 girls that we have helped rescue out of human trafficking over the past six years. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. 
All right, church, well, we've talked a little bit of, about the, the physical needs. Let's spend a little bit of time and talk about how we help with the spiritual needs. So this is the discipleship making. This is the heart of what we do and why we go on mission. This is made up of five missional elements, prayer, Bible study, gospel translation, Christian education, and ultimately what we want to see is Christ-centered community all around these people groups and these geographic areas. So as we go, one thing that we love to do is freely give away the Word of God. We love to give away God's Word and give away Bibles. And one of the great things that happened in this sanctuary over the summer, this was filled with all of our elementary kids here for VBS. And these kids raised money so that we could buy kids' Bibles and take them to Uganda and give them to those kids. And what was fantastic, we personally got to take those kids' Bibles and deliver them to the schools and the churches in Uganda. And that's the heart of these kids, and that's the heart of the difference that they're making around the world. So kids, I want to give you guys a charge this morning. For $5, you can make a difference. Start saving those pennies, saving those dollars. If we have all of our kiddos raise enough money for two Bibles, that's $10, We've got enough to take everything that we need across the globe and give these to families who literally don't have a Bible in their home. How's that sound, kiddos? Are you ready? Let's get behind that. Let's do it. Let's, let's get those Bibles and freely give away the Word of God. Well, as we do that, we pour into Christian education. This is a staple of what we do. And what's beautiful is we are having a massive impact on the next generation as we have 1,000 570 kids within these schools that are receiving Christian education on a daily basis. So let's zoom into one of these stories down in Honduras. This is at Mission Lazarus at Lazarus Academy, which is a first-class Christian education that's set up down there. We fully support their director of education, Paula Navas, who we absolutely just love and adore. We also support the um, the refuge kids that go to that school there with scholarships to make sure they get that first class Christian education, that they get the best. And I want you guys to hear from Rachel Mathis. She's our short-term mission coordinator who leads our trips down there. And she's got a fantastic story that I want you to hear this morning. Let's turn our attention to the screen. Well, I think a lot of people know that First Colony has been involved with Mission Lazarus for a number of years. We've had multiple different groups that have gone down and participated. We had a men's group that helped build a home at the refuge, which is a home for children who don't have a home that they can live in, whether it's they've been taken away from their parents or otherwise. And that's been an area where First Colony has really invested for a long time. And we've had the privilege over the last several years to watch some of these children grow up from very small to now practically adults. And one in particular that we got to interact with this past summer is Jeffrey. And when I first met Jeffrey, he was this little guy running around, running circles around First Colony members, playing soccer or football. And now he's this almost six foot tall, 18 year old leader in his school, president of the student body, leading devotionals, and really setting an example for the younger children there. And it's wonderful to see that because Jeffrey didn't come from a naturally healthy home. And so he got taken from that home and raised at Mission Lazarus 
where he still got to live as a family in a home where they grow a garden together, they do homework together, they go to school together, they raise animals together, they do all of these things, all of it with the love and the faith of Christ being instilled in them from the very beginning. And so Jeffrey's had an opportunity that most young children in Southern Honduras aren't getting. About half of Honduran children don't complete primary school. And Jeffrey coming from not a great foundation is now going all the way through and completing high school. And now, while we were there this summer, he was taking his test for entrance into medical school. And how incredible is that, that this young man who grew up in a forgotten area of Honduras, a very impoverished area of Honduras, is now looking at a way to go and serve others in such a phenomenal way Whereas if he'd grown up the way his life was naturally heading, he would probably be one of those kids who, without an education, who's just subsistence farming or something else to just get by. But Jeffrey's got a foundation and a community that supports him so that he's going to go on and have a career and, Lord willing, a family that he's going to pass on that faith and that love for Christ into and it's changing not just one life, not just 10 lives, not just 20 lives. We're talking about an investment that is growing generations that are going to know and love the Lord. And First Colony has got to be a part of that. And I can't think of anything better. I can't think of anything better either. I mean, this is, yeah, keep celebrating, absolutely. And that starts with First Colony's lasting commitment to these places. Again, you know, we've been there for around 20 years. We've seen these kids since they were young. They're growing up. They're graduating high school. Now they're going to college. I mean, Jeffrey is a phenomenal story. Going to medical school, wants to be a brain surgeon. We've got 15 graduates this year. Three of those are refuge kids. You've got Jeffrey. Ashlyn also wants to go to medical school. You've got Chris that has now become a successful mechanic. I mean, these are beautiful stories of real people, real lives impacted, and we get to be behind helping that and seeing them as we pass those leadership batons on to them and see that growth. And with all that said, I think one of my favorite pictures of the morning is going to be this one. The future is bright, guys. In 20 years, I can't wait to see what happens with this kindergartner class as we get behind them, as we support them, and we see what the Lord has in store. All right, church, we've covered the physical aspects of what we do. We've talked about the spiritual needs as we go to the mission field. Let's talk about our third big pillar of mission, which is sustaining these communities. So as we create Christian community, the key to First Colony's success is our focus on passing that baton of leadership. So anytime we're creating something, it's always with the mindset of those locals owning it and being able to lead that long after we're gone. So how do we do that? We've got four missional elements that make this up. This is our short-term missions. This is our leadership training, our indigenous leadership ownership of those ministries. And lastly, and by far the hardest to achieve, locally funded missions. So let's start with short-term missions. Guys, this is a part of our church. This is a part of our DNA. This is a part of what we do. We are a sending church. We are a go 
church. And I love how Ronnie dismisses us many weeks. He stands up here and says, you're not just dismissed, but you are, you are sent. That's it. Sent in the powerful name of Jesus. And we are. And we send six to ten trips internationally every year. One of my favorite trips that we do is for our high school seniors. We've been doing this trip as long as I can remember. In fact, I got to be on one of those trips when I was a senior here. My wife got to be on one of those trips when she was a senior here. We even have people that have been on that trip that are elders in our church now. I mean, think about passing that leadership baton, raising them up in the ways, right? I mean, that is really cool to hear as we think about this lasting legacy. Well, as we pour into the youth, we have a big giving opportunity. So traditionally, we've used to have in the spring a big fundraiser where we would raise thirty dollars to $50,000 that would all go to the youth as they went to Arms of Hope, Camp of the Hills, and also Mission Lazarus. This would go to the scholarships for them for that. It would go to the work funds like the VBSs and all the latrines that we would build. Well, this spring, we're not having that fundraiser. So what I want you to hear is now's the time to give. If you want to give to the youth and help out with those work funds, help out with the scholarships, give now or between the end of the year to our general missions giving, and that's going to go to support these kids as we raise up these leaders. And I know a couple of you guys might be thinking, well, what about Martha Norman's Tres Leches cake? And what about Sharon Galvan's chicken fried steak? Well... Guys, I think we're just going to put a date on the calendar in the spring. We're going to show up their house. We're going to make this happen. We're not going to, Miss Martha, you're all right with that, right? Okay, good. She's good with it. We're showing up. It's going to be a party. No, there is a lot of great tradition and heritage, and this trip is one of those pieces. In fact, I would love to just see if you would stand up, if you have been on that senior trip as a student or as a parent, and I know there's some of you that it's been a long time like me, go ahead and stand up if you're in that category. We'd love to just see and recognize you students and parents that have gone on that trip. I love it. All right, y'all keep standing, keep standing. If you have been on an international mission trip, I'd love for you to stand as well. If you've been on an international trip, go ahead and stand. Thank you guys for going. Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Church, I just want to plant this seed. Let's put this on the bucket list of all of our things to do, is to go on one of these trips once in your life. It is a special, unique thing that the Lord uses for us, but also to bless these partners on the ground. So put it on the list, save up the vacation, save up the money. It is so worth it. All right, well, as we go on mission... One of the big things we do is give big and invest big into training our locals. In fact, do you know how many locals we have trained over the past six years? I know you do because you've been reading your handouts. 1,600, right? 1,600 leaders that have been trained. And the best part about that number is those leaders, they're not just keeping this in the closet at their church, right? This isn't some secret. They take this training material, and then they go and they take it out to their friends. They take it to their families. They take it to their communities. They start making disciples that make disciples. They start planting churches that planting churches. And then we see this beautiful spread of the gospel around the globe. And right now we've got over 6,000 people worshiping Jesus as king. And do you know where that started, church? 
it started small with one church plant 38 years ago with a young couple moving here from Florida, taking a chance. 33 members, long-lasting commitment, a beautiful legacy of pouring into this place, into these people, and watching something small and beautiful spread along the globe like fire. And now we have over 8,500 people with this church going to the ends of the earth that are worshiping Jesus as Lord because of a result of that. Martha Norman, Ronnie Norman, thank you guys so much for the lasting commitment and the legacy that you have in this church. Thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful thing. I love the commitment that this church has. Well, as we talk about that, we're going to end with this last mission point of Uganda. Again, a place we've been 25 years. We got to take a team of 15 back and go celebrate with them this year. And I want you guys to see some video from this celebration, some of the ministries that they've got going, because it is special. Let's turn our attention to the screen. Let's get it going. Get going. <laughs> Woo! Man, what an amazing missional movement for Christ that is truly a unique jewel in church missions. And why? Why is that? Well, let's rewind it back to the beginning. I want to show you a picture of our original mission team. You've got everybody up here, minus Shane Gage, who's behind that camera taking the picture. 1997, 15 years later, this is what the leadership team looked like. They took it serious when the Lord said, go forth and multiply. Look at all those kiddos. I love it. Now, 25 years later, 
most beautiful mission team yet. Look at that. That is our mission team that's on the ground. And they are flourishing. They're thriving. They're leading with strengths and with unity. They've been doing this on their own for the last four years now. It is so beautiful, these people that we know and that we love. And so what is left to do in Uganda? We talked a lot about this last Mission Sunday. This was one of our big stories that we talked about. This is our capstone event that we are doing. And we are adding two more additional floors to the church building that's going to be rental space. And that rent income is going to be used to generate 100% of the ministry funds that they need to oversee all 17 churches and their ministries that are going right now. That is what makes this a beautiful, unique jewel in church missions. It's 100% Ugandan-led and will be 100% Ugandan-funded. So church, as we get going here, we had an amazing Mission Sunday last year. It was our biggest year we had ever had, and we are looking to have another big year this year. For this building to be completed, we've raised some great money. We need 125000 more to cap this off. And next year, I get to stand up here and show you pictures of that building being built. It's going to take about a year to complete as we work towards that beautiful goal of sustainability. But it's not just the church building that makes that beautiful. What it is, is this beautiful Christian faith that gets passed down through the generations of the Ankoli people. So guys, as we think and we dream about this mission work, it is that. We want to see that generational faith come to pass in Uganda as well as all five of our mission points as we pass it on.